Hello, friends. Um, coming at you again here, right hot off the last episode. Um, so I want to talk about work and Disney because Disney always makes me feel something. Uh, like a, I would describe it as like a pixie dust feeling, like coating my stomach when I watch Mickey go on stage. Um, I joke. Disney makes me feel something. I So I go to Disney, you know? It's like a thing because my wife is obsessed and her family is obsessed. So we did this trip. We just did this family trip in an Airbnb. And then we only, we only did two days at Disney, which is a record for us. And, you know, my so my father-in-law, he's like, I know this isn't your cup of tea. He, like, leans over to me. He's like, I, I don't know how he said it. He's like, I know you're not, like, a rich Bart. That's my wife's maiden name. Her family's the rich Barts. He's like, I know you don't enjoy this thing like rich Barts do, but what's your favorite part? Or, like, what, you know? And I was, I was like, oh, well, I mean, it's plenty of things. But honestly, if I think about, like, the good feelings of being at Disney, it's a lot of, like, well, one, inspiration. I'm inspired a lot. It just does that to me. Um because I think your mind is like kind of occupied. It's almost like the walking thinking thing that's really good, except it's that, but extra. Um, like you're watching a show or you're in a ride or something and I'll see something and be inspired by it, like artistically and even business-wise. I don't know. There's a lot of things that sort of pump you up and make you ambitious feeling. I'm very easily impassioned. And then there's also just things that it's like when I used to go to church every Sunday, I would have the best thoughts and ideas watching the sermon because it's like background noise, but it also gives you like content. So you'd like tune in occasionally and you get something and your mind just kind of goes with it. And then, you know, I don't know. It's just idle thinking. It's like shower thinking. So there's that. Okay. That's good. But here's what I'm here to say. The thing that's actually inspiring to me about Disney that makes me feel this way. When you go to Disney, everything is nice. And here's the deal. A lot of places have nice things, right? You go to a fancy restaurant that costs a lot of money and it's nice and it's beautiful and it's well-kept and it's clean and it's presented well. And that's great. And Disney has that kind of stuff. Obviously, it has fancy restaurants. It has fancy resorts and it has fancy new rides like the Star Wars Land is one of the newest areas. And you go to Star Wars Land and it's top-notch. It's beautiful. It's just perfect, you know? And you go, this, it feels like I'm in Star Wars right now. Oh, there's the Millennium Falcon. You're immersed. You're not, there's no, there's no paint chips. There's nothing like that. You feel great about it. Okay. That's to be expected. I think it's like that with any good top tier thing, you know, it's easy to make a new thing really nice. Here's the thing that impresses me and inspires me though about Disney is Disney is a sprawling empire. There's like over 30 resorts just in Magic Kingdom alone. I think the land area of Magic Kingdom is bigger than Manhattan or San Francisco or something like that. Like it's a freaking city, basically. It has its own highway system inside of Disney World, you know, that's like long and complicated. And yeah, it's its own little universe. So it's sprawling, tons of resorts, tons of parks, four parks, two water parks. One, there's like ESPN World of Sports that you've never even heard of. It's this massive sports complex on Disney property that hosts like events. I think the NBA did a few games there during COVID that they do like runs and huge, huge conferencing. There's convention centers. There's everything all in this 
place, you know? There's like literally an entire resort just for military families. And then I think there's an entire thing just for disabled people, like make a wish type stuff. Yeah, it's like every you there's so many things that you don't even know about, you know, that are just there. So anyway, what am I saying here? I'm saying that Disney is massive. Disney World is massive and sprawling. And there's a lot of old stuff. So you're in these parks and there's a ride like Carousel of Progress or the Tiki Room or something that's been there since the beginning, like literally since opening day in 1972 or whatever. And Disneyland in whatever, the 50s or something like that when Disneyland opened, it's the same situation there. There are rides at these parks that have existed since opening day, which is crazy. The same ride in the same form for the most part. They take out all the offensive stuff like Pirates of the Caribbean is a little less offensive now. And uh, Splash Mountain is basically being torn down and replaced with something that is not uh, influenced by, like, slavery or whatever. So, yeah. They take... they. So, here's the... Caleb, get to the point. The point is, is that the old things are kept really well. Like, something looks outdated... And you might, on the surface, you might go to Disney and you might be like, oh, this feels a little outdated. Like you go to one of these rides that they that is literally like a holy place to so many Disney fans that they cannot take it down. But some new person goes in there just trying to experience Disney and goes, this feels old. You know, there's stuff like that. But it's well kept. And I thought about this when we were driving into one of the resorts to visit or something. I don't even know why we were going there. Going to one of the resorts. It's, an, it's a, the budget resort. And it's old. So you go in and it's like the vibes are not brand new vibes. You know, this is like I would have seen a commercial for this resort when I was a kid on Nickelodeon. And even then it might have felt a little old. <laughs> no, but it's like that era, you know, 90s era. But the person greeting me at this gate has this costume on. No, you know, a uniform, a nice uniform, bellhop kind of ish uniform that's themed to the hotel. And that uniform is perfectly kept. It's ironed. The colors are vibrant. It looks brand new. And the little kiosk building thing that he's in to see our ID so that we can go in is old vibey, but beautifully painted. You know, just all the colors are vibrant. And this is everywhere you go in Disney to every little corner of this place. I feel they must have like a massive team of people painting everything all the time because everything is well painted all the time. And this is like this big lesson to me that like the secret to Disney is a bucket of paint. Like if you go to some podunk park, even Universal, you go to, which is not a podunk park, but they don't pay as close attention to these details as Disney does. There's old parts of Universal that feel old and crummy. In Disney, it is not that way. Those old parts, they feel fresh old. It's this weird kind of feeling, you know? So it's super inspiring to me. It's like, like Caleb, it's easy to make the new Livewire dock site nice and kept well, but the secret, the real, the real, you know, dudes, they keep the, the old sites looking nice. You know, they keep the old repos kept up. And I think Taylor is a great example of this. He has, you know, everything he's ever done, he still maintains and it's still kept up well. You know, Taylor is Disney. His stuff Anywhere you go, you know it's going to be quality and you know it's going to be cared for and it's not going to get left behind and it's not going to grow cobwebs. It's going to get 
kept up, you know? And that's a really admirable thing. Admirable? That's a really admirable thing. So I'm trying to enact some of that in my life, in my business, and that's really what I'm thinking. Is like, I want to be the Disney. I want to produce the things, but then maintain them and keep them fresh. So that's my current priority. I had all these ambitions to do some other things, work on Flux, some other stuff when I got here to this Airbnb so I could work again, but I tabled it all and I'm working on getting down to inbox zero for pull requests across all my repositories, which is so not easy. Um, We're down from 60. Josh Hanley's been helping me and we were at 60 like three weeks ago or something. Now we're at eight, but those last eight, man, you know, they're tough. So hopefully I can accomplish this and then I'll do it on Alpine or whatever, just however long it takes me, I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to keep up on it every day. Just listening to that podcast with Taylor and Matt, Matt's like, how are you so productive? What's your day look like? And Taylor's like, I don't think I'm that productive. It's like, Taylor, shut up. You're way more productive than everybody. Um, he's an alien, no doubt, but that doesn't mean I can't aspire to be like him in this way or, or be inspired by him. I just said that. Um, no, I didn't just say that. Yeah. So Taylor talking to Matt about his day and basically before 11 a.m., this guy, this guy like dedicates his morning every morning to looking at all the pull requests across every repository. <laughs> he still merges all of them. What's up with that? The guy's got like 10 employees. He does everything. What do they even do? <laughs> A joke. But really, he still has his hand in the nitty gritty like that. Like, it's crazy and so inspiring. Um, he does still does support on some of these products. Like, not the easy stuff, but the harder stuff. He still does some of that stuff just crazy. His hand is in there and he's caring for it every day. And that's super inspiring. So that's what I'm trying to do. Can I be the tailor? Can I be the Disney? Can I keep the old thing looking fresh? Can I keep things well painted? And a lot of the secret for me to doing this is a staying on top of it because as soon as the dish pile gets too big in the sink, now it's a big thing you don't want to do. And it's just, it's easier to let it get a little dirtier than it is to make it clean, you know? And that's that thing I have to be really careful about. And the other thing is context switching. It's so painful for me to open up a pull request and wrap my head around it, pull it down into my project, run a failing test, you know, dive in to something I have no idea about that could take me all day and could take my brain like way too many cycles, you know? So that's the difficulty for me, that context switching. But it's like, as soon as you start it, then you're on the track. And then it's like, oh, I'm just programming now. I'm figuring out problems. Like this is easy, you know, not easy, but you know what I'm saying? This is natural. This is engaging. I'm not bored. Um, So yeah, I'm just trying to do better. Just trying to do better. And in the past, when I'd feel this way, I would think, ah, I hate maintaining. I hate open source maintenance for all the reasons that it just sucks. And of course I still feel that way, but I used to like just drag my feet, you know, and then I would, I would jump on it when I, when it got out of hand, but then I always had this, like, I need to hire somebody. If I could just, you know, hire this out. And there still is that sort of reality that I don't have any, any evidence to suggest I'm actually going to be able to do this because I always, whenever I get involved in a different project, it's very hard for me to pull my head out and do something else consistently while I'm working on that one super inspiring thing for myself, but I'm going to try to do it. But yeah, 
Um, so the thought in the past has been like, delegate this thing. That's not my strong suit. Hire somebody to do the open source. But that's really hard. Hiring somebody to do anything is really hard, but especially open source because it doesn't pay you any more money and people can just create more work that you pay for and they just create it because they have an idea or they are trying to fix a problem or maybe it's not the right problem to fix. You know, it's just a failing thing. Like DHH says, like, it's just open source is open source. You know, it's open source. We're going to profit off other things. And we're going to pay people for other things. But we're not going to pay people for open source. That's going to be its own thing. And I think that is a good a good way to do it, you know. So, yeah. Um, that's where my head's at. Do it all myself. Be the tailor. Be the Disney. With a bucket of paint.